In 2014, Adam Smith and Kelsey Beach were sitting around thinking, God, this beer is terrible. Why can't we just find something that we'd want to drink? This is the story of Multinational. This is The Other 18. Dive in as we sit down with inspirational leaders who share their origin stories about the highs and lows, the yeses and nos, the wins and the blows of entrepreneurship. Welcome to The Other 18 with your hosts, Shane Chapman and Bryce Walenyuk. Welcome back to The Other 18. Bryce, Shane, Adam Smith from Multinational joining us today. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for making time in your busy day. Short notice, Took too. a break from drinking. Nope. No, we didn't. <laughs> just no, Never drinking. mind. Just drank somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, Adam, thanks for joining us on the show. You are our, what are we at now? Third guest. Third so, this board. is a fairly new podcast. You may not have heard of it before until we sent you a message. Yeah. Or followed you on Instagram I think we did both. Did both. That's how we lure people in. We follow them first, and then we ask for a favor. We sneak up on them. Happy to be here. That's right. So... You are a, just to kind of get the, who is this guy out of the way, you're a local brewer in Regina of delicious beer, and you guys have been doing this for, now it looks, sounds like about six years. Uh, well, I mean, I guess like homebrew style, a lot longer than that, but we have been a business for four and a half years, coming okay. up on five years next, next spring. Perfect. We always want to get the personal stuff out of the way so we know mm-hmm. who this guy is that's yep. this you know, entrepreneur or whatever. So why don't you tell me maybe a little bit about yourself and Kelsey and the relationship there, but your personal life, what you're into, that cool. kind of jazz. Um, so yeah, me and Kelsey have been friends for a long time. Um, we just were at a party basically drinking some, drinking some beer and talking about making beer. And I was like, oh, I make beer. And so we just got together and started making beer together. Um, just from that conversation, it's kind of funny how you start looking back at, what your life has become from like one conversation right. at one party one time. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah. So since then, you know, we've um, grown this business together, you know, hashed it all out, made it happen. Been going for four years. We've since then, you know, um, had both had children throughout this whole process. Uh, we both have two kids and, Holy smokes. you know, it's been busy time. So we're both young dads, young well, not young dads, but new dads and new business owners at four years and, you know, crushing through life. Um, Wouldn't it be nice if like dating was that easy? Were you just, you know, like, yeah, what do you like to do? One conversation. Uh, I like big beer. Okay, <laughs> me too. Let's go make beer together. Right. Like, well, we probably spend more time together than we do with our partners. So, yeah. I don't doubt that for a second. Do you, um, where did you grow up first of all? Are you Regina born and raised or you, did you migrate here from somewhere? Or? No, both of us. Yeah, myself. I'm born and raised in Regina. Nice. Moved around a lot, but yeah, mostly went, uh, mostly like, um, Rosemont, North Central okay. is where I grew up. Went to Wascana school. There you go. It's not a school anymore. So <laughs> yeah, right? like, yeah what's up? <laughs> <laughs> There's like one person at least in this audience who's going to be like, hey, hey, yeah, I went there. Yeah. yeah. Did no, you guys go beyond high school? Did you go to university, I asked any of the... Yeah. Uh, Kelsey was like doing his doctorate and stopped and... Started, started making beer. Started making beer. Uh, I was a massage therapist for 10 years or so before doing this. So I did that right after high school. Then I ran my own business doing that since I was 25 and then quit when I was like 32 to start doing this. So I've been running my own show for a while, which is, wow. um, yeah, I, I mean, this is the whole podcast, I guess. It's the ups and downs of that. It's yeah. really nice having a partner. I'll tell you, if someone's listening to this and was like, I want to start my own business, I'd be like, get a partner. It's awesome. You can go on vacation 
and you know you leave the other person in in, in charge. charge of everything yeah. and you're not super worried. I find know. that I'm usually the guy left in charge doing the things. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're always my stuck here. my business partner is the vacationer. <laughs> He's off, gone. But He's I, gone today, actually. He, yeah. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> right? Uh, so I, I couldn't agree more to your point there. I remember there was a time in my life before I actually took the plunge and did something entrepreneurial. Well, I thought that I would not want a partner. I thought that I would want complete control of something that I was going to do, that I wouldn't want to have to bounce ideas mm. off or give up control of things until I actually did it. And now I would completely agree. Partners are, are really good. (laughs) Really good. Yeah, I agree. So do you have some sort of morning routine that you follow every day? You always listen to, I don't know if you listen to many entrepreneurs like podcasts or any of that kind of stuff, but it always seems like these guys that are super successful have some sort of really like stringent focused morning routine. They get up at four 30 and they do all stuff. Is that you or are you just a, no. you're just a dude from Regina? Yeah. I'm just a dude. Like, um, I, I probably think too much about beer and like dive into it a lot. And I'm more of a night guy. So if I'm going to sleep, if, and, and I, especially when we're opening, not as much right now, but like, yeah, I'll be reading, reading up on beer, studying beer, thinking about beer, trying to make it better, always improving. Um, now I've been, you know, looking at looking and listening into like interesting podcasts. I really like, uh, under the influence, Terry O'Reilly's show on CBC. I think it's hilarious and tons of amazing, um, marketing tips come out of there and I just have ideas and I either for our business or other, or other businesses, I just sent another, a friend, an idea, um, uh, thinking about stuff and yeah, it's great. I really like that side of things too. The marketing I think is interesting. We try to keep it super organic, but, um, no, I am not a guy that wakes up, um, and does a bunch of work and like, yeah, I'm not a type I type a person. Um, I think me and Kelsey's both vision of success is being happy and having Mm -hmm. enough time to spend with your friends and family. We are not grinded out 80 hours a week people and then if that's you and that's how that's your vision of success totally get it and go for it Mm -hmm. i i mean if i had if i had i mean i we make enough money to like have a great life i think but i think if you gave me like two million dollars i'd probably just be doing everything that i'm doing like i don't know what i'd do with a bunch of money like we're not neither of us are motivated by money that being said i mean you need to make money to have a yeah but like we're not like oh we're gonna take this thing and be multi-millionaires or anything like we make yeah, we make us a, a good product and and employ people at a like a reasonable wage and have try, fun. To, try to have a good business. But that's uh, we're not. Yeah, we're not the type A type A type people. Right. I think like you almost just gave the, gave the definition of making it. I think there's yeah, a, right, there's, exactly. There's always like a <laughs> lot of people that are like, how how did you know when you made it? They're not asking me that. <laughs> they know I haven't made it, but successful entrepreneurs get asked that. When did you know you made it? And a lot of people are saying the same thing. They're not driven by money. I don't know when I made it kind of thing where there was no moment, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're happy doing what you're doing, and if you happen to come across a lot of money at some point and you still chose to do what you're doing, that to me sounds like you've made it. Like if you're doing what makes you happy and you're comfortable and you can pay your bills and you're like, you're just happy with life, then how is that not making it? Yeah. Like, I mean, making beer sounds like a pretty fun job. Making it too. Yeah. Making it. It is. It it. is a ridiculously fun industry, I will say. Uh, and, and not even just like, you know, consuming alcohol. I, I consume less alcohol than I ever did, honestly, mm-hmm. owning a brewery, uh, you <laughs> know, going back to our twenties and stuff. But, um, the industry is amazing. Um, 
everyone worldwide. I mean, Saskatchewan is, is great for all of our brewers and everything, but even worldwide, I've talked to guys from around the world and, um, folks are just, just super open, welcoming, no secrets, nothing to hide, no competition. People are super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it's like in the construction industry. If people are, you know, Hey, I, I ran out of this. Can you hook me up? I've got a shipment coming in in a week, that kind of stuff. But that happens monthly, if not weekly in the industry. Like someone's missing something, missing a part, missing some ingredients. And we're like, yeah, if I got it, it's yours. Like, I mean, the guys from Pile, awesome. of, Pile of Bones came down and helped you with your canning machine, didn't they? Yeah, I saw that Yeah, Nathan, day. like, and we like, we go back to like me and Nathan, we were, uh, we knew each other from like the homebrew club. And mm-hmm. yeah, and now that they've got Pile of Bones going and it's like, yeah, he came down on his day off to help us run the machine because he has the same machine and knows how to run it just came down to the goodness of his heart that's pretty awesome it's ridiculous yeah i i think our industry is is uh mine being building materials or construction is a little bit like that but not even close like there's no chance that one of my competitors would be like yeah no problem i'll come over and show you how to drive your new forklift like that's <laughs> yeah, just right? not no nobody's making that phone call they might say yes if i call and ask but um Tell me a little bit more about that moment that you and Kelsey sat down and decided that you were actually going to do this. Like turn from, cause you were, you were brewing at home. Yep. Um, when, when did this happen and how did this happen that you guys are like, you know what, let's make a business out of this. Um, I, I don't remember it specifically, but, um, I was always because Six beer deep. It sounds like, yeah, <laughs> right? it sounds about right. <laughs> um, there was no craft beer in Saskatchewan besides paddock wood. Um, no one was making it. Um, there was a few brew pubs as Brewsters to give them a lot yep. of love. And there's Brewsters was also making beer. Um, but nothing you can go really to the liquor stores. So we were going to Willow Park way back when, you know. Oh, yeah. Road. When it was on, like, ten, way on Albert. Yeah, like 10 years ago. And trying to get, like, some not fresh hoppy beers from America. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, for instance, the beer you're drinking right now is a hoppy beer. We're drinking uh, an IPA. And if this was six months old, it would taste completely different. It would taste really sweet. It would taste, um, all of those fruity flavors would be really mellow. It would probably just taste like really sweet malt, honestly. Okay. So by the time we get beers up here from San Francisco, or sorry, San Diego, which was like a huge mecca back then, mm-hmm. the beers just wouldn't taste that great. So anyways, we're making, we'd make, honestly, also give some love out to the guy. I don't think there were even a store anymore, but it was uh, the homebrew shop on Winnipeg by Valley Village Mall there. Right. He was like, we, we went and got a kit our first time. And he's like, hey, get these hops and chuck this in when the beer's done. And we're like, well, it's like this process. You're like, whatever. Yeah, we're like, whoa, you can do stuff to these kits? Like, we were just going to, like, make the kit, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, you buy a cake kit, like a Betty Crocker yeah. you know, cake kit. And then they're like, oh, wait, what if we put fresh raspberries on top? You know, that's not that mind-blowing. for. But when you're making beer, you're like, I can do stuff to this? Yeah. So yeah. when we did that, we're like, holy crap, like, this tastes really good and different and yeah. fresh. And um, so, and I was always just so interested in in business and working i already worked for myself so it's just like well we could sell this man like this is good like Mm -hmm. this is legit good and then having other people tell us it was legitimately good as well you know not just our own taste buds but be like hey try this beer and i I do have a little story he's a it's funny because my neighbor i told him you know oh i'm making homebrew now you know just having a conversation he's like oh don't make home beer like it's always terrible you go to your buddy's house and they're like oh i started making beer and you're like try to choke this beer down (laughs) so then it was a challenge like you tell me i can't do something i'm gonna do it 10 Mm -hmm. times harder so i made a beer gave it to him and he i'm like let me know 
and he's like, this is actually good. And now he's like an investor in the company. <laughs> That's awesome. Which is great. Oh, wow. So like, he was like, this is good enough to like, here's some money. That's an amazing story. Yeah. So that was like, okay, cool. So what I'm doing is good. There's some, you know, it's not just what me and Kelsey think about it. So that was some, yeah, early, you know, validation to what we were doing. How many years did you feel like it took you from the first time you decided to buy your first homebrew kit to what you would consider you were making good beer? Did that take a lot of years to kind of no, own honestly, your craft? Or? Literally, like our first beer was great. And it's, Come it's, on. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was like this wit beer. Well, it's it was probably shit. On or can I swear on this thing? Sorry. <laughs> you can, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, it was probably terrible, but it was still like decent. Like we were stoked on it. Like this was like, oh. And so then I bought a book and then I just poured through this book and just destroyed it and just learned everything I could. And, uh, I get really into things in usually a short amount of time. Usually I give them up after a while. So I get like super stoked on something and then we're like, okay, well in, you know, nine months I'll be onto something else. But this, I just kind of stuck with and, and there was a business to be made and there was no craft beer in Saskatchewan, like I say, besides the ones I mentioned before. So there was a real opportunity and so many people saw that opportunity because, you know, before we even got our got off the ground rebellion opened up district di- i think it went district rebellion and then us i think i hope i hope i'm not messing that up and someone no one's mad about it but i don't worry we'll get them all on and okay. then they can okay perfect check <laughs> each other but people people obviously saw the opportunity freshness of beer is very important so making sure that the fresh beer just tastes better so you know it's like yeah then that's the reason you see the industry and the way it is sure lots of people are are sending beer from across the country, but not really, if you think about it. And mm-hmm. when you go to a new city, tasting the beer that's being made there is part of the experience as well. I know a lot of people come from out of town to go to our brewery, not just to go to our brewery, but, you know, come here when they're in from out of town. Yep. And when whenever I'm anywhere, if I'm in, you know, if I'm in Amsterdam, I'm like, okay, what's the what's the cool local brewery? And yep. like, what's their vibe and what are they into? And, yep. and it's usually like interesting people that are, have like, you know, a kind of like an, um, everybody's got their own different style and their whole place has got its own vibe and own music, own food, everything. Right. So mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, it's nice to see. So did you guys go from kit beer to like full on putting everything together by yourself? Yeah. We slowly grew up from like the kit. We made like two kits and then you can do what's called like brew in a bag. So you start adding some grains to it. Okay. And then we just were slowly progressing into making what's called all grain beer. So just making it from grain. So then we were doing that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you guys decide that you're going to do this. You're going to make a business out of this. What, like I, I know from my own experience when we decided to do it, we were so naive to what had to be done. What were the, what were the next steps? Okay. We're going to sell beer. Yeah. So then what? We put together a business plan, which is never as fun as you think it's going to be. Right. <laughs> as I'm sure you've done. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, okay, maybe. So. <laughs> We actually did one the first time in my life. Yeah, for this we, story we did. We yeah. put together a few business plans. I remember there was like V6 by the end, but put together a business plan and then we taped an investor, um, a potential investor meeting that we had with friends and family. They legally had to be friends and family with the way we're incorporated in Saskatchewan. Um, and it's funny because I, I tell this story all the time that we're like, we met at my place. I'm like, okay, so craft beer, it's a thing. I know it's not, you might never have heard of it, but it's a thing. And this is what we want to try and do. So we, sorry, just, just, just before, before I forget, legally required because it's beer that you're trying to sell or what? No, I don't know the way we were incorporated. You know, I'm not a good, like, I'm not good at this kind of stuff, but yeah. like, I just remember the like form that you had to sign because we're incorporated in Saskatchewan. If you were investing, you had to like check a box being like, 
I am friends or family with either Adam Smith or Kelsey Beach. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why it was like that, but that's the way it shook down. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it shook down pretty well, I think. It worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it's funny that we had to explain what craft beer is. It was now, if you're mm-hmm. like, you want to start a craft brewery, you just have a meeting like, I want to start a craft brewery. And everyone in the room is like, okie dokie. I know what that <laughs> yeah, is. Right? <laughs> yeah. Here's some money. Or, you know, I don't, but like you, it, you at least know yep. what's going on. Right. So you actually had a room for like you, yeah. you were having an intervention. From totally. <laughs> all our friends <laughs> and family. Are here. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear more about this. Yeah. So how'd that go? Oh, it went well enough to start the brewery. Um, yeah, we started for 200,000 is what our initial investment was, which was, is really, I think really low if I don't know how many, if you want to start a brewery for $200,000, come and talk to me and I'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of sweat equity and, um, yeah, figuring out how to make it happen, but you can do it. Whereas a lot of places start for quite a bit more than that. Yeah, I would think, right? So out of that meeting there, you ended up with what, like one or two people that invested? No, no, we had, um, it's, we, we have a lot of people invested for a small amount of money. Gotcha. Which is great. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think we've got like, uh, something like 20 investors, 20 to 30 investors right now. You pay them with beer though, obviously. We, well, uh, we issued dividends last year. So oh, that, wow. was, that was great. And like cool. year three. Yeah. So that was, that made us feel good. Now you guys were part of, I've heard this from Mark from rebellion or somewhere. I've heard this, that there was a, a lot of these little local craft breweries kind of were born out of the same brew clubs. Mm-hmm. Were you guys, were you in that same scene before? Or did yeah, we went to the brew. It's the ales club that met at, uh, meets at probably not this year, but they would be meeting at the bushwhacker. So, okay. um, yeah, the bushwhacker has been lending out that space for free for this, uh, homebrew club to meet down there for years and years and years and years and years and lots of like, uh, I think most prairie breweries would probably have someone in there that was probably part of that, mm-hmm. that club for sure. That's awesome. So like that maybe is an ode to the community and how close it is. The fact that one of your kind of competitors <laughs> offers this space that has spawned a whole bunch of competitors yeah. to itself for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really cool story. But the, I'll real quick, I'll jump in, but the competition is like basically nil. So, um, I don't feel any competition between any of the brewers because how it works is craft beer drinkers, none of them are brand loyal, Yeah, mm. right? Which is cool, yeah. which is great. No one's like, I'm a multinational man. I only drink multinational. Like, right. no, you don't. Right. You drink everything. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like if someone brings you something from BC, you're like, oh, sweet, a BC brewery. I'm going to try that. Like you want to try new stuff. You want to see what other people are doing. So honestly, every time, so, um, a new brewery is just starting up in Saskatoon. Shout out to, what are they? Better Brothers Brewery. I don't know any of the people there, but they're just about to open. Right. So you know that some people that are attached to their, to the guys and gals, I don't know who's open it. The people that are opening Better Brother Brewery, they have a community. Okay. Yeah. And some of their community has never drank craft beer, but they're going to, because they know people that own Better Brothers Brewing. So they've just brought in their whole world into this. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, Oh, who's, who else is there? Oh, who's multinational. I'll try that. So they're literally making customers for us. And in the same way, when we started, we, our whole world became customers for pile of bones, rebellion, Mm -hmm. district, nine mile shelter. So like, that's how it grows. We're yeah. not, we're not our own little tight little, this is our share of the market. That's just right, not exactly. how it works. Do you, why do you think that is, this is maybe a tough question to answer, but do you think that the closeness of the craft brewing community here is because you've all got a common enemy in 
I was going to say the big, multinational big breweries, big, but I was like, multinational, <laughs> the actual yeah, yeah. multinational brewery. Like, do you think it's kind of that, like, we're all fighting against the bigger piece of the pie that the big yeah, breweries have? I think there's definitely a part of that. Um, I, again, I, I don't think our beer, like, I think if you side by side any of our beers to any, you know, macro beer i don't think it, it holds a candle to it so it's pretty easy just to be like well this doesn't taste as good and if you and if you like that you like that and that's fine if you it's don't got like its my place, beer right yeah you don't yeah, like my yeah. beer you don't like my beer um, right that's fine um but yeah it's there's there's no one that's gonna choose one brewery over all others so i think it's just a it, it keeps it super friendly which is really nice right yeah. and i guess if you think about it the court like who's starting these breweries well it's a bunch of dudes that like just hanging out drinking beer and socializing. So why would they become yeah. then these introverted assholes once they start the business? Just yeah, cause, right? Like exactly. you're just going to continue your personality. Hey, well, you know, sometimes I get to be an introverted. Person, so. <laughs> it all it's, has a place. It's like, <laughs> I, I feel like the craft brewery it, like scene is very similar to what um, Josh and I do. And we bring in natural wine, right? And natural wine is the same way, except no one in Saskatchewan even knows what it is. So it's just you and Josh have a really tight community? Yeah, Josh <laughs> and I have a really tight community. I, th I told my friend who, uh, he's from here, but he uh, brews in Norway. So I was mm -hmm. out there um, visiting him, and uh, I told him about uh, about you guys, and, uh, and he's like, what, there's a natural wine place in Regina? Like, we have to go next time I'm back. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's so do he it. Was, he was very excited. Oh, yeah, natural wine's all over yep. Norway and Europe and all that stuff. It's just, I mean, it's... It's the craft brewery of winemaking. Yeah. Have you had any of Spot On Cider? Yeah. Yeah. I hope he's starting to package soon because he's natural, a natural cider maker, which is... Which is super cool. Really cool. We used to get, get his kegs and sell them at the shop, but we haven't been since yeah. all this went down. But yeah, hopefully he's going to start packaging and yeah, his stuff's rad. Speaking of all of this going down, mm. how did that affect... You guys, there's obviously certain industries that were really hard hit, like restaurants or any social gathering type places were hit hard and still are being hit by it. Yeah. There's industries like mine that were hit hard at first and then surged back. What about craft breweries? How did that affect you? Um, I can't speak for all of us, but um, multinational has been okay. We've just pivoted completely into wholesale. So... <clears throat> We were selling kegs to bars. We were doing growler fills. We were having a, a fairly busy tap room as well. But mm -hmm. for the most part, I mean, people coming to multinational, we're small, so we always look busy. And people would be like, oh, you guys are busy. You guys are doing great. It's great. And I'm like, well, there's like 10 people in here. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, like, it's great. It's awesome. I love it. But um, most of our business is wholesale or not, sorry, it's uh, to retail to go. That's the majority of our business. So we've just gone basically 100% retail to go out of our shop. Um, we were doing, uh, we used to can beer one at a time by hand on this tiny little machine that was just so silly, but we didn't have to do that much before because we'd sell growlers and sell glasses and it was fine. We'd just do a small percentage of the sales in cans. But now we went to 100% cans uh, due to COVID-19. So then uh, our staff were amazing these last five, six months. We canned, we were canning on average something like 3,000 cans a week one at a time oh my God. takes about a minute to do a can. So it was just hours and hours and hours of canning. It was insane. Um, so then we pulled the trigger on a canning line, but it took four months to get here. Yeah. So yeah, we went from doing like one can a minute, very labor intensive. And now we do 20 cans a minute. 
And wow, that's a big difference. That's a huge, <laughs> it's huge. Ins- it's insane. Up. Yeah, yeah. I still laugh, like watching them come down the line and get labels on them, like from this label machine. And I'm just like, this is a, this is insane. So, is it fairly much like pretty much all automated now, or is there still somebody that needs to be there to kind of? Yeah, there's still three of us that run the machine, okay. two and a half really. But um, yeah, there's kind of three roving around this thing as we still learn it. But uh, yeah, it. So the three of us packaged beer yesterday and it took us probably three, three to four hours to do, um, something like 2000 cans. Wow. Yeah. How many people are employed there right now? Oh, including yourselves, like including ourselves. So, and I got to count, I'm going to miss somebody. You know, I'm going to miss somebody. Yeah. yeah don't say names. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not leaving that one out. <laughs> if you say seven and it's eight, nobody knows who got left out. Right. right. I think there's seven of us and then our bookkeeper is also an employee. So eight. eight. Perfect. Yeah. And is that, is that steady throughout the year? Or are you, yeah, we, not, don't, we don't, seasonal we don't do that. No. Um, and a lot of it, um, is quasi full time or mostly part time, quasi full time for a couple. Um, the hours have recently shifted through more, more sometimes less other times into, but, uh, yeah. And we, yeah, we, we don't have a lot of turnover, but we just lost a person that um, was with us from basically from the start. So, um, yeah, there's eight of us. Lots of, yeah, that's it. Cool. Tell me about the branding because okay. uh, <laughs> before, before we get to the bigger branding pick, uh, chat even, just the logo, what was the inspiration behind the logo? To me, like if I'm looking at it from somebody who doesn't know the story behind it, it's a, yeah. it's like a little factory industrial looking thing with octopus legs. That's, What's that's exactly what I, <laughs> okay. guy. perfect. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so where did that come from? To me, when I look at it, I think, what were their names from the Simpsons? Oh yeah. Kong and yeah. Crodo. Oh yeah. Crudo, or yeah. Whatever it is. Don't blame me. I Crudo. voted for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I see when Kang I see it. Kudos. But how did that come to be? Um, yeah, we get that comparison a lot. So, um, I have a friend that is an illustrator. Um, his name's Dakota McFadden and, uh, he, I just asked him, would you draw our logo for us? And he said, yes. And I said, you know, we, we toyed around with it. So multinational, it's obviously a pretty good pun. My wife gets all the credit for coming up with that. The name is fantastic. Too. Yeah. Every time I tell it to someone on like a new company on the phone, I'm ordering something from them. They're like, Oh, that's really good. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I was like, yeah, we're like an evil corporation, but like <laughs> not really, but it's, so it's kind of funny, but we didn't lean too hard into it with the branding, but our, our logo is, yeah. The idea of this, like evil factory. So I was like this, you know, draw us an evil factory essentially. And he did. And it was awesome. <laughs> did he ever? <laughs> yeah. He's great. So we got him before he got like super famous. So he was doing comics for mad magazine yep. now and working oh, wow. for like dreamworks and stuff. And he did us like a sweet little, before, before that all went down, he drew us a little logo on the side, which was... That's amazing. Yeah. It's got to be on here somewhere. It's on there somewhere. So, somewhere. Our, yeah, my friend there does a lot of our designs. So, so good. Two cans, yeah. he's doing these ones. But we all take we all take turns. So, was there something behind the, like, we're an evil corporation? What was behind that? Evil in... Just the multinational name. It was like, this oh, is Oh, it just funny. sounded like a big evil corporation. Big, yeah. So, okay, I guess way back when I was, was like, um, a lot of of the like macro breweries, Molson and whatnot, will have, they were, they, they were used, used to as well doing, uh, 
they would pretend to be smaller breweries like uh, like Blue Moon and stuff, but they wouldn't say more. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know? So they're right? pretending to be craft breweries. So we thought right. it'd be funny for two guys from Saskatchewan to pretend to be a huge brewery, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So we're not. We're, but calling us <laughs> multinational, this big evil thing, when we're just two guys was kind of our joke. Yeah, I think that's like, it's one of my favorites, that's for sure. Not just in brewery, but like of all brands, like that name and that logo, I think are amazing. So, so just to take a step back, you... You guys uh, got all your investors, and then, then you picked a location. Yeah, well, for was- your for your evil brewery. Totally. <laughs> Why did you pick the location that you guys are in? Um, well, we both lived in the neighborhood, so we were looking for something that was close to home. Yeah. Um, and that was basically it. We we looked around a lot. We looked at all sorts of places. If you, I know you've looked at places. <laughs> yeah, you've a moved a few yeah. times now. I like so to you, try them out for a couple of years before. <laughs> you know what before it's I like yeah. to go meet with a realtor and go to all these places. And yeah. and there was this place that was literally for lease. It was across the street from my house. And um, I was just like, let's go have a look. And I thought, like, kind of peeked through the window. I'm like, oh, it's got nice floors. They're not going to let us tear this up. But then when we got in, they're like, oh, yeah, they'll let us tear this up. <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. And when we started, um, we just kind of started slowly taking over more and more of the building through the lease. But uh, we started with uh, 33 and a third coffee roasters with yeah. us because we didn't uh, – when we started, the law was we couldn't serve beer to drink in the building. So it was all to go. So we didn't need that much space. Right. We had 3,000 square feet. We don't need all this space. What are we going to do with all this space? So now, and now we're like, we could use twice as much space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we had TNA Vinyl and Fashion in there as well, uh, the early days for yeah. the first year or more. Uh, so we had a, a store in there selling vinyl records and vintage fashion, which is cool. So we started, we had three businesses open in the space. It was this cool little market kind of vibe. Um, and then just, you know, we've just had to take over more and more space is kind of how it's gone down. So it's just us in the building now. And, and yeah, we're just, we're still going. So with the canning line, we're now taking over even more of the seating. So we're going through a big reno right now. We got walls taken out and yeah. but it, with COVID-19, it's a good time to, to do all that kind of stuff. So we'll be doing a big reno in inside right now over the winter. Has it happened yet where you've looked at the 33 and a third guys and just been like, <clears throat> So, <laughs> <laughs> no, they've actually, they've actually moved on to their other two locations. Right. Yeah. So we still sell their beans and we make their coffee. So we'll sell coffee. But oh, I see. So they're not really operating out of that. No, they're just there. into their other I two locations that. now. Okay, yeah. good. So you already had the <clears throat> conversation. No, they, yeah. <laughs> no, they did that on their own. Honestly, there, we didn't have to, we didn't have to have the conversation. They're like, yeah, we got three spots. I think we might just do two. Right. Perfect. Um, on your day to day, what would you say? Oh, yeah. Like. I don't know. I I don't know what you do on a day to day, but what are your biggest challenges on a day to day when you're making beer? Like it seems like something that would be very consistent day to day. I don't want to say monotonous, but like every day you go and you brew beer, you can beer, you sell beer. Yeah. So what's a challenge that you you see every day? Um, brew brew day is like a great day because I don't have to deal with any of the like crap that my phone buzzes and beeps. You're just mm-hmm. like I got an eight hour day and I got to make this beer and I got to be done. So that day is great because you know what you're doing as soon as you get in there. Um, canning day, we're canning two times a week. We br- usually brew two di- two times a week and can two di- two days a week. Um, we're open seven days a week, and then the other days, those are the days that I'm like, yeah, I think I could squeeze out an hour to do a podcast or yeah. like, <laughs> go through all my emails or order merch or like it's like. Uh, or yeah, you never really know what you're going to end up doing or, Oh, okay. Uh, a pallet of, or, you know, two pallets of grain showed up. So we're going to haul that into the grain shed, right. and all that kind of fun stuff. So it's, 
I've never been a farmer, but I like to think <laughs> that like, it's kind of like being a farmer where you like pour your coffee. And uh, I know, I feel like farmers know what they're going to be doing that day, but then it's like, oh, well, Johnson's tractor's stuck. So we got to go help go out, pull it out, of pull the... it out. And that's an afternoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, yeah. What? Are, oh, actually what I was going to do today is totally scrapped and uh, we're going to end up fixing this problem because uh, the air compressor is broken. Do you find that distracting and frustrating or do you enjoy those kind it's, of surprises? No, it's great. I love problem solving. Yeah. It's, it's great. There's, there's always, there's always a new problem. They're not, you know, too stressful. I got a little bit of gray hair, but it's <laughs> coming in strong, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly really enjoy problem solving and putting out fires and all that fun stuff. And it's not, it's not too crazy, but there's always something. The seven days a week thing, um, are you there seven days a week? No, no. no okay, I was gonna no. say, don't do that. Like, what's? <laughs> I think like if they were gonna be like um, to be the, like the give the advice or whatever. Like, um, I remember reading in some. I was waiting at the bank one time and reading in some like Fortune magazine. I don't know. They had one of the bank magazines and some CEOs like advice was like go on vacation. Like it's yep. super important to go on vacation for like two reasons. They said like. Um, a, you need downtime to just like, so you're not just in it, like going crazy. You need to actually go step away and be like, what's important and step away from the business. And then B, you, you learn so much from being in a different environment. You can be like, mm-hmm. Oh, like, okay. I don't, even if, even just going camping, you might, you know, think about something differently or just have that time to really, you know, think of a new beer yeah. or, um, think of a new, think of a new way of doing something. Um, let alone going and actually exploring a big city and being like, that's the nice thing about being from Regina. You'd be like, Whoa, look at that. Okay. So this is what they're doing in wherever. Okay. Right. You can bring that back here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can bring that back here and do something. So, but yeah, go on vacation. Don't, I don't know. I maybe people that are working 80 hours a week are super happy and successful, but I was single. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right no yeah. kids my wife would not be happy <laughs> yeah. if i was working f- more than 40 hours a week and i mean i'm on my phone and we're trying to be on our phones less turning tur- i've been turning data and wi-fi off at home saying you oh, have wow. to text me yeah it's you guys watch that uh social what's that called social, social dilemma yeah I, i'm in the middle of it i yeah, just yeah. started it yeah it's just like oh and my kids see me you know they see me staring at my phone what'd your dad do when you're a kid well he just stood on his phone for like <laughs> right, 10 minutes exactly. while i was like playing cars he was really good at iphone yeah he was the best <laughs> iphoneer i was like uh have you seen the what is it it was on tiktok where they were like show your kids ask your kids to like hand sign you the phone and so if you ask your kids like yeah, you'd be like, hey, oh, this yeah. is a phone. Kids go like this nowadays, though. Oh, yeah. Like f- full face palm. Well, at least they're holding it like you're having a conversation. Yeah. Not just like <laughs> they didn't do that. out <laughs> yeah. staring at your palm for yeah. five minutes in the kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. so when did you guys, um, when did you feel comfortable enough stepping away from your business and allowing other people there to be there running it? seven days a week. Like, was there a time, was it for the first two or three years you were there every day, had to be there when it was open or did you find that piece, you know, to kind of leave other people in charge fairly early on? Uh, yeah. I, so we started with just me and Kelsey and we each took a weekend. And so then, again, going back to have a partner, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so I take off Sunday, Monday, he takes off Thursday, Friday. Okay. So, um, 
having that overlap is really good. So there's always one of us at the shop, which right. is good. But we also have amazing employees that we've trusted since the start. And uh, yeah, so we just, we hired one employee and we're like, okay, well, if we pay them, we, we're a living wage employer. So we start at li- whatever the living wage is and then there's raises in the year as well. Uh, in your first year, but um, we're like, okay, so if we pay them this much, how many, how much beer do they need to sell to make make it w- worth money? Essentially, right? It's pretty simple math. They need to sell mm-hmm. this much beer, this much an hour, yeah. And then not only that is like, okay, so that frees up my wage for the hour to do something else, mm-hmm. right? So it's not it's like a double whammy. So, um, but yeah, our employees are are great. I trust them we can walk away. Like we don't, there's not always someone either me or Kelsey there. There's employees there shutting down the shop at night. And yeah, if there's an issue, they'll let us know. Um, it's nice. We both live in the neighborhood. Basically I said, there's eight of us. I think six of us live within like a block of the oh, shop. Nice. Essentially. Holy smokes. Yeah. Or maybe five of us, but yeah, it's, we're all, a lot of us are very close. So cool. it's like a, it sounds like you guys have like an incredibly low turnover rate then. Yeah. We've just had a few people, I think like two or three over the course of four years. That's crazy. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. Um, back to you like doing stuff day to day and stuff like that. Uh, has there been an event that's almost made you guys just shut it down? <laughs> no, thankfully. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. I mean, you, like as far as like, like something hit the fan. No major. Or, what's yeah. been your biggest oh shit moment then? Oh. Well, that one time Timmy fell into the vat. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's, it's been pretty smooth. Uh, we are also, um, I was talking to a guy from Nine Mile today about um, just how able to pivot we are. It's just the way our, our mm-hmm. business is structured. Um, we're small, we make a small amount of beer. Um, yeah, we've only ever had to like dump two batches of beer and just cause like, I like flew too close to the sun on recipes, <laughs> you know, it's just like, Oh yeah, this does not taste good. I screwed that up. Let's, we're not going to sell this. So you guys like, you guys make a ton of different beers. We do, but before you pump our tires too hard, uh, an investor and good and beer drinker and good friend of mine was like, so you guys make like five or six different styles of beer. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, yes, we make a, we've made 300 different types of beer, but I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like reinventing the wheel every time. It's right. Like, you know, at least the marketing changes every time. Yes. And I mean, I should, like, I should say one of our biggest pet peeves, um, when we were starting up is that we would hear that breweries would slightly change the beer without changing the name. So like, Oh, I used oh. to really like beer X, but then beer X isn't as good anymore. And I don't know, is that just me? And then you're like, Oh no, some people change up the recipe. And, and I'm not saying you can't tweak your recipe and that's fine and do whatever you want at your own brewery. But if I make Manitoba, so this beer is, it's pretty basic. It's like, um, the ingredients would be uh, barley and uh, I believe there's oats in here. I made it, but I can't remember. I believe there's oats, um, <laughs> uh, uh, English ale yeast, and then two varieties of hops. This is Citra and Simcoe. Okay, so if I switch out those hops, it is going to taste like a different beer. I could just slap the same label on it, but I'm not going right. to do that. I'm just going to give it a different name. Yes, is it is it essentially the very similar beer? Yes, but is right. it t- taste a bit different? Also, yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to call it something else. And you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I like this too. So do all your beers come and go? Like you brew a batch, you yeah. sell through, and then it goes away for a while, and you bring yeah. it back if it was popular kind of thing? Yeah, so exactly. Like, and you're launching new beers every... Once a week, at least. Week. Once a week. Crazy. 
but I mean, it, that, and that's strictly so that me and Kelsey are not bored. Like if I had to just brew Manitobuds for once a month for the rest of my life, I'm like, okay, here we go again. It's not exciting. Whereas right. like the beers I have in the tank right now, I'm like tasting, be like, how's it going? I've got a beer called Autumn coming out that is a similar beer to Manitobuds, less alcohol, five and a half percent. Then I'm adding cinnamon and uh, vanilla to it. So I've just like been adding cinnamon, tasting Damn. it, saying, okay, how much more cinnamon do I need? I uh, just added more two days ago, tasting it again. So it's like, and I'm excited about it. Like, yeah. I, and I can't wait till it comes out and I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah. Do you but, find that your customers are on board with you with that? Are they saying like, yeah, we're also can't wait to see what you come up with. Or do you get pushback from people saying like, dude, I like, I really, really like that beer. Why aren't you brewing it now? We get both. So it's like, yeah, like even just when, a, and people that aren't used to what we do, like a guy came just yesterday, I think it was like, where's the galaxy beer? I'm like, oh, it's gone. He's like, when's more? I'm like, maybe never. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe never. He's oh, like, that man. was really good. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Try this one. Yeah, exactly. And again, cause we don't change it that much. It's like, oh, he'll get used to like multinational and what we do. And mm -hmm. he'll like all of our beer probably, or some of our beers anyways. Um, and then the other side is, I think if we did just make four beers, we would not be as popular as we are. Mm -hmm. that, and that's, again, we just do this because we don't want to be bored making beer. But we've heard from bars, um, like uh, Matt from Beer Brothers would say, so someone goes into Beer Brothers to get a beer and they look at the list and it's like, okay, um, this there's Manitobuds from... Um, from multinational. And then there's uh, a, another beer from a, a local brewery, but they make that beer all the time. And it's like, well, I know if I don't get Manitobuds now, right. it'll be gone the next time I come mm -hmm. out for beers, unless you're going out every night, it'll likely be gone. So that sells beer for us, which is a total like win that we did not plan for at yeah. all. We don't, we were not like, oh, this is how we're going to market yeah. it. It's just like, no, we just want to change it up all the time. And yeah, it just, it, it just sells beer because people know. There's an urgency all the time. Right? Yeah. So, and we're just about to push all these like into Sobeys cause we've got this canning line and we have more capacity now. So we're about to sell these beer to Sobeys and I know just there's going to be even more customers that don't understand that we change the beer all the time. So yeah, they'll like, never be able to get it again. Yeah. Like I like, it. I like Manitobuds, but then they're going to go back and get, well, I'm not going to get that again. That was good. And then no, nah, it's not there. Cause it's and like, when's that coming back? It's not like in a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the, for the noob beer drinkers, do you guys, have you ever done this or would you consider doing something where it's like, like some sort of like match chart where it's like, Hey, if you liked Manitoba, let's try whatever this one is. Cause it's very similar, whatever. Like, do you, do you help? Do people ask you for that kind of recommendation? Like what? Yeah, I would, I would say I do that all the time at the shop for sure. But now that we're going to be getting into liquor stores and Sobeys and stuff, then that'll be harder to do. But I think yeah. hopefully just once people try our brand and know our brand, they'll trust it. And I think that's a lot of it's come out of that too. Um, I will say, I do think we have, with a pump, um, I'll pump our employees' tires. I think we have the best beer buying experience in the city, maybe in the province. I don't, I don't get up Saskatoon that much. But um, yeah, like, so talking about when me and Kelsey started this thing, there was a bunch of stuff about the beer industry that totally just sucked. Like mm -hmm. going into the SLGA is not a pleasant experience, really. It's not all that fun. It's not, it's not fun at all. It's okay. You go, yep. you get your beer, you might have something new, and you go to the till, and they ring it through and you leave. But it's not like we're... And, and you get ID'd because we're like... Yes. Because we're so young looking. We're so, <laughs> so young <laughs> so looking, right? I don't get ID'd as much as I used to. <laughs> but, um, so completely changing that to like, um, you know, and like I have kids and like, okay, you're like kids, you're allowed in the liquor store, but like don't touch anything and it might get a dirty look from someone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas like 
come to multinational and it's like, Hey, how's it going? And like, how's your day? Like what's going on today? Just little things like that. And I'm not saying other breweries aren't as personable, but we completely, you know, just make it an enjoyable experience, which is so simple, right? It's not hard to just be like genuinely nice to people, mm. but so much retail is it? Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. We have free juice boxes for kids. You see your kid like, Hey, you a kid want a juice box? Here you go. You know, like it doesn't cost us anything to get them a juice box. Do you find that Don't something? Don't tell my accountant that. She probably like, yeah. you spent <laughs> this much on juice boxes last it year. It does cost there money. There is a line. There's a line for juice boxes <laughs> on our end of year. Do you find that um, when like when you hire new people, do you have to train them to give that experience or are you just, the people you have are all like kind of in alignment with that kind of personality? I think so. And like, we've never gone through a resume. We've always just hired out of like people that either came to the shop or knew the shop or, um, yeah, they just kind of, just kind of happen naturally. Um, and and everyone, yeah, everyone can give that same experience. I mean, everyone can be nice to people, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And it's a culture of being nice to people and talking to people. And, and some people are better at it than others. And some people are, yeah, I, honestly, I'm probably the least personable guy at the counter. Um, I think some people honestly would come just to chat up some of our employees for sure and, and hang out. That's awesome. And like, I think that is definitely part of the sale. And, and even myself as when I go to Sobeys, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like, I go in, I get my beer and I leave, but it's not like, Hey, like, like mm-hmm. we remember stuff about people. It's not hard to be like, Hey, I know you like that mead and we got a new mead coming. So like, I'll let you know, you know, right. that kind of thing. It's not like all of our employees are really good at like remembering stuff about people or mm-hmm. if they're like sports guys, it'd be like, Oh man, I don't know. We see your hat and they're like, the sports guys are always like chatting up. They all know sports stuff, right? They all know sports stuff. I don't know any sports (laughs) stuff, so I'm not good at it. But Uh, Do you find that like, because you guys are almost in the middle of the city in terms of like, you're you're in a residential area for Mm -hmm. a brewery. Do you find that you being there has impacted the way the community, like has it changed since you guys opened? Uh, I don't know. I've lived in the neighborhood for 10 years. I, I wouldn't say it's changed that much. I would say it's like, got a fun place to go have a beer mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> but that that would be like the most change so and and uh i will say when we opened it was great because uh me and kelsey again both lived in the neighborhood we'd open up and people would be like oh come to the window to get beer or sorry come inside to get beer and we'd be like, i'd just ask like, hey do you live around here They're like yeah i just live over here so we're like meeting neighbors and stuff yeah. so now when i go if i'm out with my kids i'll like give neighbors a wave that i just know from the shop that i wouldn't have known otherwise right and i hope that that has happened for other people as well you know yeah. if you're just sitting having a beer you might recognize someone when you're walking your dog and just give a wave mm-hmm. um a, a funny story one of our employees risa her her daughter wrote um she was writing something at school a couple years ago and the teacher wrote back being like your daughter keeps talking about this space that sounds kind of like a rec center or something but she keeps calling it the brewery (laughs) and i just don't know what that is and she's like oh yeah there's a brewery right next door and uh there's juice boxes and video games and board games and we just go there and hang out and it's a nice place to be and she's like okay so she she wasn't wrong she kept saying we go to the brewery on the weekend and hang out exactly yeah oh that's amazing causing some situations yeah absolutely when you guys have big decisions to make and i don't know if you do get kind of monumental changes you're going to make to your company but is it just between you and kelsey do you have to go back to your investors do you have like a sounding board a group or somebody else you go to and be like hey is this should we do this is this a good idea like 
big business ideas. It's all me and Kelsey. We don't have to go back to investors. Um, but all ideas, we, we do bounce things off people for sure. Um, got a couple group chats for funny beer names when I'm to- completely tapped out. I do find trying to do art um, in committee very difficult. I wouldn't yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't advise right. doing art by committee. Um, but as far as big business ideas, it's, yeah, we just, we're good at hashing it out and figuring out what we want to do and, and taking time away to be like, okay, well, let's not decide on this right now. Let's think about this for a right. week. And Speaking of the art. Who's behind that? You guys obviously have a very unique look to your branding and your cans and your labels. Um, is there one person behind all that or what's the story here? Uh, like literally everyone that works at the shop has free range to make merch or do a label or make anything. Um, and I think that's one of our big strengths is we haven't narrowed it down. Um, I do hire my friend uh, fairly often nowadays to do these. So he actually did both of these. Um, he's a great graphic designer. So it's awesome to uh, that he does these for us because these are much better than the stuff I make. But at the same time, I don't want to just lean into one guy because then it all starts looking the same. Mm-hmm. And giving uh, the opportunity for everyone at the shop keeps the brand fresh. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that's honestly one of our strengths. I always, I do think about kind of like our, like our logo is kind of constant, but not even that really. Um, and I think about running the company kind of like, um, like a skateboard company or something like that. And that's kind of what I grew up being interested in. And it's, it's always evolving and always changing, you know, Mm -hmm. like a, uh, you know, like vans, they have their logo, but any shirt could it could be anything. Could right? be a van shirt. Yeah. yeah like hang, right. I was talking to Noel from Tiki Room about skateboards. And like, if you Google anything skateboard, it's like, there's a skateboard with that picture on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, Google camera skateboard. There's going to be tens of thousands of skateboards with cameras on it. Right. Microphone, yeah. what anything. Right. So the fact that the skateboard could be anything, the beer can can be anything. It's a blank canvas for literally anything. It's a really cool way to look at it. Yeah. It's, it gives us a ton of freedom and, with the beers always changing, the labels always changing and just the vibe also always changing. Although maybe we do have a vibe and that I, I don't know what it is, but it (laughs) kind of, I don't know what it is, but uh, the, the, yeah, the color palette can change. It it can look like a, whatever, a heavy metal cover to like something door, just a pink square, which I've done just like nothing but a pink square. And you know, it can be anything. The, the blank canvas is, maybe sometimes hard to work on because it yeah. can be anything and it doesn't have to fit into a mold, but I, I do like that. Do you, that that's gotta be empowering for your, your employees. The fact that they get to put something so um, forward facing out into the market and it's their Personal. own personality yep. potential. So what do you do? Do you take turns? How do you decide who's going to get the new beer can <laughs> if everybody's got ideas? Like, yeah. I mean, if you got an idea, you can just come to us or we ask. Um, so me and Kelsey, we basically each, uh, we take turns making beer, so back and forth. So he makes beer. Uh, he made a beer two days ago. I'm going to make a beer in two days kind of a thing. So he's in charge of that label. I don't have any say at all. I don't, I don't, I'm hands off on the recipe. I'm hands off on the label design. I'm hands off on the name unless he wants help. But right. if he's like, I'm going to call this beer, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Go for it. I don't, I don't, it's not a committee. We're not talking about it. It's like, whatever, whatever you want to do, just do it. And me the same way. So, um, I'll, and again, I'll, I'll have, I'll show them stuff and be like, what do you think of this? You, you know, you just, you know, um, I'm the worst though. I'm always like, Hey committee, what do you think of this? And everyone gives me their input. I'm like, nah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait from the, for the inevitable moment that 
somebody takes a bit of a dig at the other guy just for fun and then it starts this like label feud <laughs> label it's like <laughs> next week's beer is like adam stinks and then the, and then, yeah, yeah. And then the next week it's like and then go back Kelsey and forth. sucks do you find that um that your loyal customers that are really like beer connoisseurs can tell your brewing differences like could somebody tell like oh this is a this is an adam brew this one i don't know I've, i that's never come up i kind of doubt it but maybe i have yeah. no idea because we don't we don't say like it's not like oh this one's this yeah. this one's that, um, and like I went out I think uh, like you, you guys might have been drinking the mead uh, I don't know if it was you yeah. but someone was definitely like oh this is so good and they were telling me I'm like oh great I I can't take any credit for any aspect of that beer yeah. I didn't make it's not beer it's mead but I didn't make it I didn't design the label I didn't do any I had, I was completely hands off mm-hmm. and uh, but I'll let Kelsey know you like it so much you know yeah. it's, which is great you know so. Um, it's great to hear, uh, you know, positives on, on all sides. Yeah. Good. So you guys are moving into Sobeys. Mm-hmm. That's what you guys are saying. Is there any plan for further expansion or is it just kind of, we're so slow. We're like super, like we're on year four and people still don't know who we are. And we're, they're going to be like, Oh, who's multinational when the next time they go into Sobeys, and I should say, we're going to go to Sobeys Metro urban sellers. Uh, so shout out to all those places that sell our beer currently mm-hmm. and we'll continue to sell our beer. Um, but, uh, no, we're, we're, we're super chill when it comes to like the business pushing the business. Um, yeah, that's, so the there's, th- there's no real plan. There's no just real plan. Like- Don't tell anybody. <laughs> 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 no, there's not a master plan that you're looking at. It's like, okay, get a canning machine. Okay. Whoa, look, we have all this extra beer because wastage is down. So, okay. How are we going to sell it? Okay. Well, we've already selling sports in, in there. So let's start moving it there and see how it goes. Yeah. So given that you're not, you guys aren't really motivated by money and um, like, do you have a desire for growth? Is there somewhere you want to see this brand grow or are you okay? Like you've gotten a place now, you mentioned that you're comfortable, you're happy or like, do we not have growth goals? Is it just kind of like, let's just maintain where we're at kind of thing or? Uh, I think we're still like happy growing. Like we've, we have like, we doubled in capacity on the second year and then we got, uh, two more fermenters in the third year. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, we have been growing uh, quite a bit. And then this canning line is another, like, 20% growth. Um, we're, we're happy to grow. It's not like we're, like, opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we ran out of beer this summer. Had to, like, close the doors. Like, we are sold out of beer. Can't make it enough, um, which is amazing. And we're so thankful for all yeah. of our fans to come and buy our beer. Um, so we're definitely not against it. We're not against growth and we would love to, um, employ more people. We'd like to, you know, do more things. Um, uh, you know, pay, pay our investors more money. You got to say, uh, we're not motivated by money. Got to keep the investors happy. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's just not, we're not like, oh, we're pounding the pavement, selling the beer hard. It's, right. it's, it's always sold itself, which is yeah. really nice. We've never had to like, like bars call us, be like, hey, can we get your kegs? I'm like, okay, yay, let me have a look. Yes, yes, we can. Or I'll put you on the list. Like we did have a long list for a while of bars that wanted our beer. We just couldn't supply it, just couldn't make enough of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of companies I think would then say, okay, well, let's get more investment and mm-hmm. um, take it bigger and, and go harder. And we're like, let's go slow like we don't like uh we don't like debt <laughs> right yeah <laughs> kelsey but and, and again there's so many ways to like do your business right yep. we don't like debt we don't have a ton of it um so we just it's just super slow and easy going or or you can go get a bunch of debt and make a ton of beer and and sell it at a bunch of places like right. um it's it's what you're comfortable with and what you want to do and yeah 
Do you, given that you don't like the debt, is there a plan in place? Do you think you're going to buy your investors back out or are you okay with them just kind of being along for the ride? Yeah, we're happy to have them. We've done a few buyouts. We all, we've offered buyouts just to make sure like that's not to get rid of them. It's just to make sure if you're in a financial situation that you would like to get out, you've given us the money for the last four years and you want to get out, here's an opportunity to do so. So mm -hmm. we've had a few people do that, but most people have hung out. Right. So super cool. Yeah. And do you see yourself doing this for the next 40 years? Is there a plan at some point that you think that you would not want to do this anymore and you would look for an exit of some sort or... I think we both see ourselves doing it for a very long time. Um, that being said, I mean, life can change. Yep. Life can change tomorrow. So I never like to be, I'm not a guy that in any aspect of my life was I'm like, I'm living in this house forever. This is my forever house. I'm just mm -hmm. not that guy. Because I'm like, well, if I'm in a wheelchair, this is not my forever house. So we got <laughs> upstairs and downstairs. <laughs> you know, like I don't, and I don't, because I don't want to be heartbroken that I have to leave this dream house that, you know, right. or like my dream job or like, okay, yeah, if I am unable to work at multinational, I'm going to have to find other employment. Mm -hmm. So like I foresee myself working there for a long time, but at the same time, it's like, if I don't work there anymore, I don't want to be like completely devastated and crushed. Right. So that being said, uh, if you could, if multinational closed tomorrow, mm -hmm. what would be your new, Oof. is there anything that's like super interesting? I guess you're like super into beer right now, but what would I, what would be my business that I Your would next chapter next chapter business? I have no idea. Um, I do. So uh, this summer I've gotten the spring and summer, I've gotten into mountain biking. So I was just having this conversation with buddies out. We were mountain biking on Monday. Um, I, I want to buy some clothing for mountain biking that is like light and breathable and, and like durable. Mm -hmm. But I think it's all really, I'm, I'm going to offend somebody, but I think it's kind of dorky. <laughs> it's like pretty dorky. There's a, there's a few levels of dorky. It's either looks like you're like wearing like a monster energy drink can or <laughs> like you're just kind of like, yeah, there's a few, you, you got to know. All, so all, yeah. all of biking is dorky and I bike a lot. So I know it's dorky, but I'm like, and actually, I uh, was talking about one of the guys I know that started 22 Fresh was, uh, they were baseball guys. And I guess I've never played baseball, but I guess baseball pants are atrocious. Like they're okay. uncomfortable and they're just not fun in any way, shape or form, I guess. So he's like, oh, we're just making baseball pants that don't suck. And we're selling a bunch of them. So that's kind of how they, they started out. And I, I hope they're still selling a bunch of those baseball pants. I, I haven't talked to him in a while, but it's the same thing. I'd be like, I mean, I'm not going to start a mountain bike apparel company. I'm not, but I was like, somebody should, somebody should. Sell, <laughs> me, uh, sell me a pair of like a shirt that doesn't say like the company or the entire, front. right? Exactly. Like, just make it black. Yeah. Just make a black shirt. <laughs> That's all I want. It is, a, it is strange. You're absolutely right. My sister is doing, she's just started kind of biking, but she was doing it for charitable reasons um, that she had to bike whatever number of kilometers to raise money, whatever. But like, and she's not been a biker ever. Like she's not. But as soon as she started this thing, all of a sudden that gear came out that you're talking about where yeah. she had like the big billboard and stuff. Sponsors and everywhere. Yeah, I was like, what just happened there? Like, it's, I don't think you have to. <laughs> you know, there's no like, there's even mech, which uh, is in financial trouble right now, but even like- it's sold, yeah. Yeah, even like a little mech one I'd be into, but I couldn't find that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's all pretty loud. Yeah, but I mean- I'm not going to do that, but I mean, there's always something. I think there's always, there's always opportunities. I would probably, yeah, I don't know what I do. Honestly, I have no idea. Figure there, it out. Is there, um, you guys started this year, year four and a half, five right now. Is there something you would do differently if you were to start over mm -hmm. again? Like you, 
I assume that you kind of learned this as you went along. What was kind of something that you'd do differently if you had a chance? Um, I've been, I would say get a canning line sooner than later. (laughs) I've been messaging all of my brewery friends that don't have one yet, just explaining the losses that, um, that have decreased due to it and explaining, explaining that to them. Um, because I did like it's the return on investments really high on it. We're finding so I would I would do that sooner than later. Um, what would I? It's funny every time we do something around the shop, I'm always like, oh, next brewery will do this right. But uh, <laughs> it, it's been so much fun to just like grow and learn things, and um, you find yourself. Uh, what was I doing? It oh, I was like fixing, like looking in. Was it the air compressor or something? It's just like, I don't know how to work an air compressor or how to install one. And then you figure it out or you, you try or how to troubleshoot one. So it's yeah, just like yeah. all the things that you never thought you'd have to do. If you just want to start making beer, you're like, Oh, well you're going to have to know how the air it. compressor works and all the ins and outs of it. And mm-hmm. sure. all these, all these industry stuff. I'm sure that you've learned along the way as well. And yeah. yeah so I, I do enjoy it. I have no idea what I would do different. Honestly, the canning line has, has been good for, good to us lately, but... Uh, what about just general advice for somebody that's not necessarily starting a brewery, but starting mm-hmm. their own business from just that perspective? What's your best advice, like how to get started, what to be cognizant of? Totally. Um, I, I We said when we were do, doing when we're opening, it would be great if someone, and this is a, maybe a business opportunity, if you're this type of business person, just like a legit guide into what you need to do to start like a book. Like here's what you need to do in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Here's like, here's all the people you need to talk to all the zoning requirements, all that fun stuff. Like mm-hmm. we, we had to go through rezoning a f- like kind of a few times to get our building. And, uh, like all of that stuff is just a real pain that you never would have had to think, Oh, we're going to get this building. Oh, we have to spend a bunch of money and a bunch of time rezoning the building and changing all aspects of it. So just like a guide to like how to, how to start a business. Um, Oh, what else? Like I would say just, just do something you like doing. I know that's like super cliche and everybody says it, but like, honestly, like I, I am never sad about going to work because all of, and then also set your life up that like all aspects of your work, you should like at least find some enjoyment of, and also just don't get stuck in one, one aspect of it. So if like, if I was just like, I'm brewing beer every single day, unless you absolutely love that. I love taking a break and doing graphic design. I love mm-hmm. taking a break and, you know, figuring things out on other, you know, doing some sales stuff. Um, so like giving yourself a break that way. Um, uh, what else? Do you feel like that change in scenery helps you like stay out of funks? For sure. And like, again, that like taking time off, super important, like take some time away from it, you know, go on vacation. Don't, don't, don't work 80 hours a week. I don't think it's a good idea. You know, I know a lot of people that do it, but I don't think it's, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. don't think it's healthy. And I think taking that time away will actually make you better at your job, trusting your employees and giving them more, more like having faith in them to do a good job. Yeah. Will will also, I I often say whenever I I'm like I'm like I want to do something I want to do something that doesn't work out or whatever. Um, my good friend of mine that work I'd be like, well, it's not the Adam show. Like I used to say that a lot, you yeah. know. I'm like, it's not the Adam show. It's like okay, this didn't this didn't work out, or I'm not in charge of every aspect of it. Like letting go of that and being like, yeah, okay, well, just like let this be and let it go. Right. Just like step back. Just frozen it. Right. Let it go. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Are there any, um, you mentioned a podcast earlier that you listened to, but are there other podcasts or books that you find either motivation from or tips from that other entrepreneurs would be, you know, beneficial to listen to hmm. or read? I honestly don't listen to a lot of, um, a lot of business or like, I didn't go to business school and like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot of that stuff to be honest. Um, I think the advertising side is, is a creative way to, to have fun at work. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that like that, what I mentioned before the under the influence one is great. Um, yeah, honestly, I think if you, if you do what you do, like if you run the business that you want to run, you'll have a good time doing it and it'll all should all just fall in and work. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that would be my biggest advice. And like, just do the thing that you want to do, sell the product you want to sell or whatever it is. And if you're having a good time, that will completely, um, be like come down the line and people will see that you like doing it. Yeah. Your product will be better for it. Whatever you're doing. If you're a dance teacher, if you're enjoying being the dance teacher, that's going to show. Oh, definitely. Right. Uh, so I guess we'll kind of move away from like the advice and business questions and move on to a few fun questions. All right. You ready? (laughs) Hit me. You ready? What is an unusual habit or weird thing that you love, but nobody else does? Uh, weird something weird that i love that no one else uh, could be an unusual habit for an example yeah hit me with an example kate from fat plant farm yes she she's great she's great she was like one of our first pop-ups oh there you go yeah so she was telling us that when she eats food she has to have something to watch before she even starts eating oh so her husband will just like like grab the remote and start eating and leave it on like the regular menu for like Netflix or something. Okay. And she will just sit there with her food getting cold until (laughs) she finds something to watch. Okay. Interesting. Ah, what do I do? What am I? uh, This is a question for my wife. I feel like (laughs) you do this all the time. You're such a weirdo. Oh, I honestly, I'm, I guess I'm not that interesting. I'm trying to think. I can't think of a weird, what's my weird habit? Is, any, is there anything you like either that you think <laughs> nobody else likes? Like, I know you like Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I or, do like Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I'm a big. But I feel like everybody loves Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't, I don't think everybody likes Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> uh, do you want, like. You do action movies, right? You do yeah. weird action movies. Weird action movies are great. That's me and my wife's jam. That's like, what's what we want. If we're, if we're going to sit down and watch a movie, it's a weird action movie. That's her. So what's the worst, best weird action movie in your opinion? Worst, best. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like absolutely. it's so bad. It's good. Yeah. Um, well, the best like new diehard, if you want to watch a diehard movie is, um, Oh, now I keep on getting them confused. Okay, I'm not going to say the name of the movie because I can't remember. But it's the it's the president. It's the White House one with Jamie Fox and Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah, I don't know if it's about. it's not Olympus has fallen. No, that's the one with Gerard Butler. Yeah. Okay, so it's the other one. So go Google that one and watch it. It's yeah. good. It's the best. Like if you want to watch a Die Hard, if you want to, but don't want to watch, but die don't want to watch Die Hard. You've already watched all the Die Hards, and you're like, yeah, uh, okay. So, so you I watch need, Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. It's great. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, oh, 
Welcome back, Shane. Oh, did you let them know that I was gone? <laughs> I mean, they could see it. I thought I successfully snuck out and came back. Um, okay. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message to millions and millions of people, what would it say? Um, call your grandma. Call your grandma. Good advice I feel like any. that's a good piece of advice. Or call your mom. You know, we're getting older. All my grandmas have moved on. But, uh, Not what you'd expect from a giant evil corporation. But <laughs> No. Call your evil grandma. <laughs> uh, last one. Unless you have questions, you can ask us afterwards if you like. But what was your favorite childhood toy? Do you remember? Is there anything that sticks out for you? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I was, I was a big Lego fan. I liked Lego a lot. I'm trying to think. Uh, I had an A-Team van. That nice. was sick. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had. Did like, you have all the characters or just? That was like a super early like memory, like one of my very first, like, yeah. And like, and then GoBots. You remember like the knockoff Transformers? Knockoff Transformers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. GoBots. And then uh, it was also like, yeah, GoBots, A-Team van. That'd be like my jam. I remember having like a Ninja Turtles van, but oh, didn't man. have the Ninja Turtles. You didn't have the turtles? Well, I didn't have all of them. I think I had one of them. Actually, my mom has all of my Ninja Turtles out at the lake, and my, my son plays with them now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Do you guys ever have to worry about that kind of stuff when you're doing your cans and artwork about like copyrights and things? Does, does anything ever come to you naturally? You're like, oh, I really want to do this. Ah, shoot. I probably can't do that. Yeah, I mean, we, we toe the line sometimes. I mean, we probably shouldn't, but we haven't got a cease or desist yet. I mean, that's when you know you made it. Totally. Like there's a guy, yeah. <laughs> I saw a guy on the internet the other day, he made a pair of croc gloves <laughs> and got a cease and desist from crocs, even though he was never going to sell them. I'm trying to understand <laughs> how that even works. How did croc? Yeah. Are like, they, they're like but they're gloves. Yeah. Glove things. Okay. That's great. Lightweight, you know? Yeah, exactly. Float. Except I don't think they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not, <laughs> they're not very glovey. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of floating, have you ever done a float session? I have done you a have. float Perfect. session. Perfect. Finally. Tell me about it. Okay, cool. Um, kind of freaked out by the claustrophobicness of it. Didn't know that about myself, but yeah. once I relaxed, it was totally cool. Like I kept the light on for a little, so you can put a light on. Mm -hmm. And then I turned the light off. I was also like, maybe I'll hallucinate a bit, like on The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, maybe I was trying too hard. <laughs> I didn't hallucinate, which would have been so sick. Yeah. I think if I hallucinated, I'd have been like doing it every week. Right. You'd just be getting into <laughs> it. Yeah, like, all right, back we go. <laughs> just like hauling bags of salt into my house for the bath. And yeah. <laughs> have you been back? Is it, were you one and done or have you, do you do it from time to time? I was one and done. I would, I would do it. I don't, yeah, I get, I shouldn't say that I don't have a lot of free time, but like, I feel like I get like one night a week and lately I've been mountain biking. So I'm like, uh, I'm going to get a massage in like next week though. My wife booked me a massage. Nice. So that's yeah, that's good. The great thing about the float sessions is that the attire is much more forgiving than the biking. Yes. You know? I guess the wipeouts. Yeah. Unless yes. Yeah. Oh, you mean, Oh yeah. yeah. You don't I have mean, to have a monster logo on you. No, I mean, you I guess what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you could bike naked too. It's just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, Why not? Yeah. Until you, you get your cease and desist letter. Cease and desist. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming down and being part of this uh, little new adventure we got going on here. Did you say nude? Nude, nude adventure. adventure. Nude adventure. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't know. They're just listening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like the news anchors that don't wear pants, but we're just audio. So it's COVID time, man. Do what, do what you want. Right. <laughs> um, any parting words from yourself? 
get people out there and try some multinational beer, I think. Yeah, go try go try all the beer. Or all of it. if you don't like beer, go eat at a local restaurant. Yeah, or go get some free juice boxes. Absolutely, come by for free juice. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining us, Multinational. Check them out, brewery here in Regina. And uh, I, I got to be honest, I haven't, I'm not a big beer drinker. Like, not that I'm opposed to it, just I have a wife that doesn't drink. And so then, therefore, um, I don't do a lot of drinking except when Bryce makes me. But yeah. he's been bringing me. Yeah, I bring Multinational all the time. Multi, every, like, he brought me a sports, brought me a Purple Rain. Yeah, because you're a big Raptors fan. Yeah, and, and so I was a tough loss. Oh, it was. Oh but. man, the win! Oh, sorry, I know you're trying to wrap this up, but no, that's okay. <laughs> we're good. We watched the the um, when OG hit that three. Yeah, yeah, we were watching it all at the shop, and I, I went to the next day. I went and looked up uh, the security footage, and it's so sick. I saw that video on your thing. You guys made like a <laughs> oh, so you yeah, recreated that. Yeah. <laughs> so who? Okay, maybe I don't want to end this after all. Oh, okay. Who's in charge of your channel, and who's creating all these videos and stuff that you guys are doing? Is that in the house or uh, Eric Hill it does um, a lot of the vi- mo- like ninety nine percent of the videos, um, and he is just a a local um, man that is very good at that stuff. So we <laughs> hire him to do that. Um, uh, other than that, again, we trust all of our employees with access to all of our social media. So if somebody has a good idea, because um, it's not the Adam and Kelsey show, it's the mm-hmm. whole thing. So we yeah we trust everybody to throw something up there. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a group collaborative effort for that sure. was such a great video because I think I watched it the first time without reading anything or seeing the explanation. And I was kind of like, what is it like, what is this all about here? And then when it was like, this is the actual security footage of our staff. <laughs> when that happened, I was like, that's amazing. This is well done. So yeah, it was great. Yep. Brace anything else? No, I think that's all I got. Perfect. Thanks so much, man, for joining us. Multinational, uh, brewing corporation, full name, correct? Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks buddy. We'll see you again. Thank you for listening to another inspirational story of entrepreneurship on The Other 18 with Shane and Bryce. Want to be on the show or know someone who should be? DM us on Instagram at The Other 18 Podcast. Keep grinding.